Hi everybody, this is Heather and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is what's your trigger? We all have emotional triggers and they vary as much as what color shirt we're going to wear and are choosing for the morning. So could there possibly be a one size fits all approach to reducing our triggers? Let's get into it today, guys. I will always say this. I know it's annoying. I repeat it a lot, but um, I am not your doctor. So contact your doctor if you're needing any help. I'm not advising anything here. This is just my own experience, not my medical advice. You can see my full disclaimer in the description of this podcast episode. So with that being said, let's get into this topic a little bit. So in doing the work that I'm doing with my Facebook group to support people through their grief, I hear the word trigger a lot and not just in the group. I hear it a lot in the communities I'm in that work on mindset and business development. It's kind of like one of those just, I don't know, it's one of those terms that's getting thrown around a lot lately. So what is it about triggers. Um, I think of it as like respecting other people's boundaries, right? So sometimes we cross that line without even an awareness of the fact that our words, which feel to us to be harmless and, um, you know, just benign to somebody else can really be cutting. And um, I've been faced with this a lot recently myself. I mean, especially when you're sort of now in a public light and my words are being heard by so many, I'm way more aware now of when I say something, just how my intention might not be how it's received by somebody else. And so that's a very real thing. Um, I suppose some people argue the point and say we're just too sensitive of a society and people are too easily triggered by everything. I think there's some value in that as well. We all do need to look at ourselves a little bit and make sure that, you know, we're not creating this protective bubble around ourselves to the degree that, to the degree that nobody can say a word without it somehow, you know, offending us. And and if you find yourself more often than not finding offense in people's words, then maybe some even self-evaluation might be, you know, necessary because it's, you know, as much as... Oh, triggers. I mean, we all have our right to our own things that are going to set us off and they come from a place. It's not like these are just like, you know, oh, that's annoying. That thing bothers me. Triggers are often like things that like spark and ignite something in someone for a reason, something in their history, in their childhood, in their story at some point had some, there was something that happened, an event that your words have now created like this emotional reaction to. Now, again, none of this is any kind of medical. I am just speaking from the heart here. From what I see, this isn't like the definition of trigger or how they work and how they, you know, I'm not going to get into the medical side of any of this today. I just really want to talk from like what I see uh, and what I've experienced. So, you know, I see that (laughs) both sides of this are existing and somehow we need to find the middle ground. So I think in, in my question, I was sort of posing about, you know, is it really a fix to, to this, these triggers, you know, a one size fits all, so to speak. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where like there is one thing that can just, because our triggers come from different places, right? So there's no easy way there. So the one thing that I keep coming back to time and time again, um, especially in working with people in grief, is that there's a lot we can't control. 
I feel like the one and only thing I'm in control of is me, you know? I mean, I'd love to think I could be in control of my children. <laughs> God knows that's not happening. No, but honestly, it's ourselves. Truly, even my dog, you know, nope, I'm not in control of him. <laughs> but you know where I'm going with this. Like, I'm making light of it, but it's true. Like, the one thing that we have in our own potential to steer the ship on is our own bus. You know what I mean? Like, we just can't <laughs> steer the ship on our bus. Well, that's classic Friday talk. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I think if we look inward, that part we can control. You know, we cannot control what someone else's words will say that might ignite something in us. We can't even control that, right? We can't even control that visceral response or that emotional, like, like I'll give the example because, you know, I love to fall back on this one with me and my traffic stuff that, like, I just, there's some things, it's a trigger for me. You know, and I see somebody that's just not following the rules. So, you know, I can't affect how my body responds to that. It happens, right? Like it will immediately without like my brain necessarily having awareness of it. All of a sudden, my heart's racing a little bit. I'm holding onto the steering wheel a little tighter. So even though I can't necessarily control that per se, I can because I, I know you've talked about this in like earlier episodes where you can control though some of these autonomic functions, which are automatic functions, in the way of controlling how you see and perceive and feel, like when your your mind can have effect over those things. So I, I know I've said in the past about the whole pizza thing. I love pizza. Think of pizza immediately, my mouth's watering. Can I make my mouth water? No. I can't like... I can't say like swallowing, I can swallow, you know, I can, my brain can say, okay, body, swallow. There I go. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you can't say, okay, mouth, water, and just have it water. You can't say, okay, goosebumps come, and they come. These are autonomic functions. They happen automatically without you being able to tell your brain and your body to, to do this. So what you can control, though, are the thoughts that trigger those things. So when I think about it, I, I think if I'm going to, so when I'm driving, I like the example because it's an easy one to sort of grasp. As I'm driving along the road, I have an awareness, a mental awareness of knowing there's this merge lane that comes up that every single day there's consistency to this trigger. Every single day I get to the one lane is ending and we need to merge and the side that's supposed to merge has zero awareness and almost runs me off the road. <laughs> like this happens regularly. So like... I mean, I could dig my heels in and sort of right fight my way out of it and be like, no, I am going to be right in this. I know I'm right. And I could literally be in the ditch in an accident because they didn't do their part. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can have this awareness that people don't seem to understand or look at the sign. Logically, looking at these two roads that are about to merge together, it does look like the one I'm in should be the one that's ending. It kind of makes mental sense. So I know that other people are distracted. They're not looking at road signs per se. They're just like going on what makes sense and not necessarily even paying attention. So knowing that, I have a choice here. I can continue to be right and hold my ground and let my body be physically affected and me be totally triggered and then having to try to get myself back to like right for you know the next few minutes. Or I already know it's coming. So then what? Back off, relax, give some grace and forgiveness to the people that I already know and can anticipate are about to do something wrong. 
and just know it's out of my control. But what's in my control is me and how I respond to it. And what I have the ability to do is literally yield myself, allow them in, you know, regardless of whether I should have to or not is irrelevant. Like I can just do it. And what, so what do I have to gain more from these two sides of the coin, right? Staying right and like, what am, what am I getting out of that benefit? Like zero, I'm getting like my heart racing, sweating, gripping the steering wheel, wanting to swear, getting angry when I have my kids in the backseat. Like none of that's good. Or on the other hand, I can let them win even though I know that what they're doing isn't necessarily fair. <laughs> but they're unaware of it. I can give grace. I can be forgiving. I can be like, it's fine. I I don't have anywhere I need to be that's pressing right now. So I'm going to give to you and allow you to have the space you need to get where you're going. And in that, I just gave myself a gift. My heart didn't start to race. I didn't get to, I was in control of it. And I, as much as it still might like irritate me a little bit, it's not like a trigger. You know, I'm going to come up on this part of the road and then boom, I'm going to be having this, you know, reaction within my body and stress levels go high. And so this is big on like just stress management, I feel like. And if when we control our own little part of it too, when you're in control, it feels better sometimes to us. You know, these triggers sometimes are stripping of your control, you know, and that's not a good feeling, not at all. So if you want to regain it, you know, sometimes it's not about being right. And it's not about, you know, I mean, sure. So let's say, let's use somebody's words because this is more where it tends to happen and triggers seem to come up even more often is, you know, when somebody says something. So um, today in my um, group post, I did say something about God. Um, I think I said I had a coming to Jesus moment were my exact words. And I put it in quotes. And um, the first email response I got from somebody was saying um, something directly about that. Um, and how in their own life, they had felt like, you know, Jesus, God, um, there was too much hypocrisy, they had felt let down. And it, they weren't going to be able to sort of come with me on this because, you know, it's like, and I get that. So, okay, so even, even that, like, so I triggered them. I could let them trigger me. It can be a whole snowball effect. And before you know it, we've all triggered one another and we're all feeling upset. I didn't let it trigger me by any means. Um, actually, I was more worried about this person because of where their mental state was. And now it's like, hey, okay, let's just find you the help you need. If I'm not your person, that's okay. But um, everybody deserves to have their person. So I conquered my own trigger, you know, like I didn't allow it to trigger me when people, um, you know, say things that might hurt or whatever. Um, there was more to the email. But anyway, um, but also like there's still nuggets to be gained. So in this example, I offered help for something in particular that they wanted, but they allowed the trigger of church, religion, God, Jesus, whatever it was, to be the reason why they sort of put their hand up between themselves and the help that they needed to receive. So I don't want people to end up there either where, you know, their triggers and things end up being the barrier to their own success. Um, so how do you get around this? Because, you know, if every time they hear me speak or see my words or whatever, and then that's going to trigger inside them 
these things. I mean, maybe they had something big happen. Maybe the church or, um, you know, a member of the um, parish had abused them. Let's use an extreme example. That's big, right? So if every time they hear me talk on Jesus or God, and I don't do it often, but I do do it because I'm going to be telling my own authentic story and God, Jesus, that's what got me up off my knees in my dark time. So when I tell my story, it includes that, (laughs) you know, so while it's not necessarily the entire focal point of what I'm doing, it to me is a big nugget. And I would be denying people of the true story of how I got from A to Z if I leave out all the letters in between. So, um, you know, how do we get there? Because if they, so, so what I'm suggesting is, because most of us at some time in our life find ourselves in the position of this person who wrote the email, very similar, where whew, we would really love to do something, but there's this thing that they've said or done or that we see as part of the thing that triggers us. So we're keeping it at arm's length and at bay. So my question is, by doing that, are we truly protecting ourselves from that trigger or are we denying ourselves of a solution? So I don't even like that I brought up my business in this because the last thing I want you guys thinking is this is at all about that. It's not. It was just an easy, like I like to talk about my own life because it makes it tangible to me and easier to explain in a way. But because that, that's almost making it sound like I'm saying, hey, you know, you're getting, you're, you should be working with me and you're not because of this. And that's not it at all. So this is true of absolutely any, you know, you could plug in your own scenarios or your own job or whatever. But if there's a thing that you want and or need or desire, but there's triggers as a barrier in between, between you and getting the thing that you want, um, I would start by, this is me personally, not my medical advice, but I started with looking at what was in, you know, what was I... What were those barriers first off? Let's like pull apart the barriers. Um, you know, what things were triggering? What, um, where was the crux of that? Like, when did it start? What was the thing that in my childhood triggered this off? Some of us might be very aware of what started these triggers. Sometimes they're glaringly obvious, you know? Problem with the church was abused by the church. Okay, well, that's obvious. You know, we know where that comes from. Um, so sometimes, you know, that emotional support there needs to come first. You know, you don't need a grief coach if your trigger's keeping you from doing, you know what I mean? You need to then work on some psych, you know, getting some psychology behind where are these triggers coming from and doing some work with somebody who's a trained professional in that area first because you can't even get to the thing because it's in the way. Do you know what I mean? So um, some of us might have skipped over some of that in our life. We didn't talk to a counselor or somebody about things that we could have resolved. Um, So maybe starting with that is one place. But sometimes we can even dissolve it on our own. Sometimes these things aren't so big. Um, You know, the experience with me and driving is a great example of that. It's not a big thing, It's but it's clearly a thing. And clearly it can become a big thing. There's people with road rage incidences all the time, shooting people, pulling people out of their cars. I mean, it's this is insane. So it's a thing. Um, And again, I use the word insane lightly. Like, it's just that we've come, (laughs) what I'm saying is we've come too far with our reactions. Um, Not that it's insanity. I'm not saying this is a medical diagnosis. I'm just saying it's nuts. (laughs) It really is. So when, um, 
when you think about it, any little trigger can lead to, you know, it can snowball and get so big. But especially even on this smaller scale, what's it getting in the way of you doing? Are you avoiding, say, going to the beach by yourself and then having this wonderful day that you could have just, you know, put down in the memory books because there's a trigger, there's something that, you know, on the ride there, I'm going to go by that sign and that sign's going to remind me of the person I lost. And then, you know, like sometimes there's these big stories attached to things. So, um, so what I've started doing for myself or whatever the triggers are, and to me, usually it's not even like, um, it's like a person that will trigger something in me or a personality trait or things like that that sort of like rub me the wrong way. And I think those come from my past experiences. Like if you're going to remind me of somebody who wasn't nice to me, right, then that, that probably triggered in me like a little reaction or a little whatever. So those are the things that you could definitely dig on. Like make some forgivenesses for past grievances and things like small scale things should be that. But if they've gotten to the point of you've carried them for years and now they're wrecking your future because they're standing as this like barrier between what you want and what you currently have, you know, then you need to try to one tackle it on your own. But if you can't, you need to get the help you need because that's the real problem, right? It's that thing because, you know, forget about the end goal of wanting to start your own business, of wanting to, um, you know, be able to have some big trip but go on your own confidently or you know all these things I hear people tell me that they want to do for themselves that are end goals if there's a lot of stuff in between you and that end goal it's time to start like weeding through the stuff right figure out what your barriers are between you and what the thing is that you want what do you really want in this life you know if your desires are to be able to Anything. I mean, what else do I hear people talk about? Let's say um, I hear people talk a lot about wanting to move, but having so many fears around that. You know, let's pull it apart. Let's get to it. Make the goal the next step, right? Instead of making it like 30 steps out, okay, I'm going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> okay? Stay with me on this. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't move tomorrow. Like, let's get real. No, I'm saying let's sit and make it tomorrow. Tomorrow, the new job. Tomorrow, the, you know, you start your business. Tomorrow, you move. Tomorrow, you take that huge trip. Okay, what's in the way then? Why can't it be tomorrow? You tell me why it's got to take three years. What are the things? Oh, you don't have a passport? Okay, tomorrow you do the passport. So, okay, now we're going to bump it a day. So tomorrow you do the passport. But every single day you're taking action steps towards the thing, right? Every day. Why am I not there? Why haven't I started my business? Oh, I don't even have a logo. I don't have the legal paperwork drawn up. I haven't, you know, okay, tomorrow, which one are we going to tackle? Every day, steps towards the thing. And when the triggers pop up, Again, you're going to either see them and say, that's too big. I can't, it's going to be my complete barrier to this end goal. I can't get there. Then you do need the help. Then you do need to reach out to somebody trained and getting rid of some of these triggers. You know, there are some really amazing therapy options out there that can help people with triggers for sure. But for today, see if you can start by letting some of it go on your own. Uh, you know, like I've always thought... Um, I wanted to go to, I don't know, let's say, I mean, I've wanted to go everywhere in the world, let's be honest, but, um, let's say I wanted to go take a trip to China and the language barrier 
and not being able to read menus and not being able to read signs and things that'll keep me safe. All these things are like big, big barriers. Um, and are there triggers? Yeah, there are some triggers. <laughs> and if I dig into the triggers, what are they and where did they come from? Well, let's think about this. So first let's just get into like a trigger truly is like re-experiencing the symptoms and all of these things connected to a trauma. And then you're being exposed to something that's reminding you of that trauma, right? So if I really think about it, have I had like trauma as far as, I mean, trauma can be defined as so many things, guys. I mean, trauma doesn't have to be major things. That's why there's little triggers and there's big triggers. Um, and if I think back, I do have some things that got in my way in the past of me traveling and I go right back there every time that I think about future traveling, <laughs> like distance traveling to other countries. And, um, and it's funny, the things that are triggering to me aren't even necessarily related to me. So my brother will probably laugh when he listens to this episode, but, um, when my brother who was two years older than me in school, um, went on his exchange trip to France, he got pulled at the airport and interrogated, um, and the teacher wasn't even aware, I don't think initially, that he had been sort of yanked and was in this room being questioned. And, you know, my brother was always smarter than me in school. He was just more book smart, always like had to work a little less hard to get really great grades. So um, he actually was the one that they chose to sort of give the speech at the school at the end of it, like um, to the to the other school thanking them or whatever it was. So that's how good his his foreign language skills were. And me knowing that I wasn't as skilled as him with these things, I started running these stories and scenarios in my mind of like, man, if this happened to me when I traveled, and what if I didn't have a teacher who could swoop in and speak eloquently to the people who pulled me? And what if I'm trapped there? What if I can't come back? And then there's other things that I've seen in the news of people not being able to return home. And there's all these other stories and things that now that to me, it's like, I mean, can I call that trauma? It didn't even happen to me. No, but I will say now it's a trigger for me though. When I think about going to a place where the monetary system and the language is not the same as ours, I get a little anxious about doing it alone because it it's like I've seen evidence of it not going well in my own life. And I have already created a story in which I'm not as well equipped as he was at that time to be able to get myself out of a scenario, <laughs> right? So how can I fix that? So let's get into this a little more. So what could I possibly do to rectify this and make sure that I can still have my experience that I want? All right, don't go anywhere. I'm gonna do a real quick break, guys. And when I get back, I'm gonna give you some steps on how I'm gonna tackle this because I'm going places. <laughs> All right, guys, so hold on. So if you haven't checked it out yet, my private Facebook group, Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate is widely growing and so supportive. The people inside of it are really trying to help others through their own experiences. Um, it's a coaching group. It's not even a support group. It is um, a coaching group. I go in there and I weekly coach uh, for free. It's a free group. And um, then beyond that, you have the support of other people who have, um, the reason I call it a private group is because, you know, there's questions that you have to answer to get inside that just make sure that every person coming in and joining is in a similar 
boat in the sense of losing a soulmate and soul crushing loss. So it can feel incredibly supportive to be around other people who have had similar things in their own life. Um, so the link to join is in the description as well as my uh, disclaimer on the fact that today's episode is not in any medical advice. It is just my life experience. So um, if you want to access either of those, hop into the description and back to the show, guys. Okay, guys, here we go. I'm traveling. <laughs> so back to this scenario. I want to travel. Let's say I want to go to China. What am I going to do here? First, I have to learn the language. <laughs> you know, if language is my fear, then I need to figure something out around that. Because truthfully, I don't know that the work in trying to come, you know, work past that trigger for me of, you know, having seen people go through bad things, if that is something that I could tackle in the time that I need to tackle it. So if I can't get rid of that and that trigger still sits there and lives there, what can I do? Well, I can eliminate some of those little components within that trigger, right? And I said one of them was my fear of language, of not being able to communicate to the people I need to communicate to. So I can either learn the language or I can get a translator. I can, they have little apps now where you can, you know, pretty quickly go from one language to the other. Um, and you can maneuver menus. You can maneuver um, conversations with a a driver or um, reading a sign and all of these things can be overcome so get the apps learn the language do the stuff then what what else has me worried the monetary system so now I need to learn about it right go online Google to your friend right start looking these things up seeing what you can find out talk to your local bank like taking those action steps I think very quickly start to just ease the fear because you start to realize, oh, there's really not that much to it. You know, oh, this is the difference between, you know, what our money is worth and theirs today. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that hard. I think the stories we make up make things hard. And then it feels really big. And then doing the thing seems impossible. So, I mean, I'm using this example not because I'm going to China, but because I think that if we can start to piece out what those, you know, the little parts of it that stand in the way of that big ending, then we're making forward movement every single day towards the thing. Otherwise, we find ourselves like, if I didn't start tomorrow making an effort towards that end goal, that end goal is no longer three years in my future. It's probably never going to happen, right? Or it's 20 years out or whatever until I'm retired and sitting around and can have the time to like, no, if I start saying, okay, when I have free time, instead of like, you know, watching a television program, I'm going to instead spend that time learning the language or, you know, getting my passport um, ready or whatever, taking a step every single day. Pretty soon, the only thing in the way is saving up the money to go do it, right? Or if that is one of the things, you know, start slugging away all your spare change towards it and, you know, don't let anything be the barrier. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. And going back to just the trigger of it all. Um, yeah, I mean, I am somebody who gets highly offended when everybody's offended. 
you know that that is a trigger for me <laughs> people that get very offended by everything like um i i don't like when people put limits on other people's ability to express themselves so it kind of irks me when like every single thing that comes out of my mouth is going to trigger something in someone um that's the moment where i become almost insensitive which I need, I need to work on it. Like I immediately, I'm like, really? We're triggered again? Like, but the truth of the matter is you're talking to an entire world, right? So even if it feels like, my goodness, everything I say triggers, it's probably because everything you say has the potential to trigger somebody else. And the bigger your audience gets, the more triggers are going to come up. Um, you know, I'm sure there's people in here who have spent their whole life's work on trauma and triggers and this is what they do day in and day out and they have programs designed for it and I'm speaking completely incorrectly about it you know what I'm saying so I'm a trigger to that I'm sure because what on earth she's not even making an ounce of sense what's this have to do with triggers <laughs> right and, and barriers and triggers are not the same and I know they're not by the way but um you know I mean our language and how we speak offends somebody so be less offended because if each one of us takes that action step to be a little less offended and roll a little more easily, and you might even think it in your head like, oh, that was kind of a dumb thing to say, or I can't believe she used the word dumb. That's offensive. You know, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, think it. But maybe just be cautious with your actions you take as a result of it would be what I would say. You know, it is definitely one thing to be slightly offended by something someone said or even largely offended by it. But it's a whole nother thing to then sort of attack or come at them. So that's that's something within our own control. So if we control our own selves in that way, and then the next guy next to us is doing the same thing, then none of us are going to be, you know, as up in arms every time someone speaks or says something that is to the contrary of our belief system or, you know. Um, and, and it's like we do need to give grace there because... It's often out of ignorance, you know? I mean, I'm ignorant all the time to things. Like, I don't realize your life experiences. I don't have that firsthand knowledge of what you've been through to know that my words are gonna hurt. And that's the last thing my intention is. I'm always trying to help people. So if you think of it from that point of view, that other people aren't necessarily trying to be offensive. You know what I mean? They're being very offensive in their ignorance you know what i mean like they have no clue and if they did they probably would retract what they said and apologize so instead of making them have to do that maybe recognizing they're probably already hearing it from 30 other people i don't need to say it <laughs> you know or just maybe if it keeps coming up and it keeps re-triggering then communication is key because you can't expect change if you don't communicate it but there's a delicacy thing there. You know, if you don't want to become a trigger for someone else, you got to be careful with your words and how you relay a message, you know, and none of us want to live in such a sensitive world that we're afraid to express ourselves and be authentic. You know I mean? I think that might've been what got in the way of me even podcasting for the longest time was like, I used to highly regard other people's opinions of myself. <laughs> now I really don't care too much. <laughs> and that just comes with the loss of my husband. Like, I think I've just stopped caring about a lot of that. I'm just here to try to, like, make the world a better place than I arrived in. And I, I recognize just how short this life is. And if everybody's afraid to speak, there's so much good knowledge out there that's just going to go to waste. So 
remembering that like in being offended by someone we also could be depriving the world of their really important message because we might be creating in them now a fear of that freedom of speech you know a fear to say what's on their heart because they don't want to hurt anybody and they had no idea that they were even capable of that you know and now they're not acting and doing and saying in a way they would have before I don't know I never want to get in the way of anybody else's thing you know like I think we all have something to contribute and if I spend my time being you know utterly offended by Joe Smith and what he said about something then you know he's gonna end up like after he's heard it enough times like all right then people don't want to hear my message right or maybe it even like fuels his fire maybe he isn't a very kind person and maybe the fact that he offended me makes him happy (laughs) that's a that's a twist you probably hadn't thought of right maybe like in our when we're so offended by somebody and we think well we'll tell them you know remove me from your list and I don't want to hear what you have to say anymore I'm leaving your group I don't know I haven't had anybody that quite that way but (laughs) like imagine like that all that and like that's like well so what I'm saying is maybe some people want that reaction and if you just give it to them then you know hmm they've quieted you down you know what I'm saying like if I all of a sudden was like oh I won't say anything about God anymore because I offended somebody then maybe I shouldn't talk on it well first off who's to say that you know I don't have 1400 members who are wanting to hear the message of God and maybe a hundred who don't who are we to say that just be true and authentic to who you are and then it's like you really don't you're not going to apologize for who you are at your core that's that's you (laughs) and that's okay and so as long as you're being really authentic it's when you start trying to like impress other people with your words I think that's where you run the risk because then let's say you're just trying to impress people and then you say something offensive and it's like geez like here I was trying like if you're trying to people please and in the process of trying to people please you people offended (laughs) then it's like whoa you know what I mean like I started with the rubber shell, you know, the whole little kid thing. I don't know. <laughs> the words you say bounce off me and stick to you. Or, I'm rubber in your glue. That's what it is. <laughs> Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, <laughs> I started with that feeling after losing my husband because truly didn't care. Was it like at a place where whatever don't care about anybody or anything, which that's a scary place to be too, right? Luckily, uh, I think I'm pretty kind-hearted at the core of it all. So even when it was all stripped down to just being my pure, you know, open and honest self, I don't think I was too highly, highly offensive and rude. And But I didn't care. Um, and I think a lot of people pass through that in their grief. It's a, a stage of just sort of this whatever, you know? You care so much and then you lose everything and it's kind of like everything else just doesn't matter anymore and so it started with that for me and then you know I started to realize like if I was trying to because I still wanted to gain an audience because to me you can't be successful at what you're doing without people to hear it right so the audience mattered but I still didn't really care about like you know saying the message that everybody wanted to hear I just wanted to tell my story And I think I've found that by doing that, 
Um, well, I don't know. I've got like probably, what was it this morning? 1.2K members in the group, probably just over 1,500 subscribers for the email. So like it's a good group, good size group at this point, way more than I ever, I mean, I probably started and had like 30. <laughs> but, um, and that was when I was being honest, but I was also trying to people please and say everything perfect and punctuate perfect and da -da, wasting all my time on all the wrong things. And then when I just started slapping it down, I went with the whole doing it messy thing and, you know, really just kind of put it out there. And I allowed myself to be less filtered less worried about what people would think. And I definitely think, yeah, as in the process of that, when you are more your own authentic self, you do run more of a risk of offending a few. But I also think you run the risk of being uh, more liked and loved by so many because there's nothing more powerful than somebody speaking their own authentic truth and you relating to that. And when people try to like, you know, nicey it up and say it just the right way and make sure that, you know, everything looks professional and the lighting is right and the whatever, um, it's a little less relatable, you know? And we, I think that connection, that human connection piece is what's missing a lot. And um, when people really dance around words and try to make sure they're not saying anything offensive and, you know, I didn't offense, I cause offense to this culture or this um religion or, um, you know, this group of people or people who lost someone to suicide or I haven't been kind, you know, you have, of course you have to be careful with your words because you do have to think about the triggers of others and knowing that and having knowledge of that. But if you tiptoe too much, you're going to find yourself relaying a message that wasn't even your message to begin with, you know, and I've struggled with this a few times where like, I don't know, I've had mentors and people telling me like, you really need to do this and you really need to do that. But every time I try and implement it or put it in, it doesn't feel right and authentic to me. So at a certain point, you need to know your own limits and your own boundaries and know, okay, I can make more money doing this, but is my goal more about the money or is my goal more about connecting with people? Is, um, you know, what is, so what is more important to you? And if it, you know, so let's go back to traffic. So I'm driving in traffic and um, what is more important to me? My, how I look as a parent in front of my children and you know, we were having a conversation about their school for the day and all this stuff, like staying engaged in that and having them talk to me and um, enjoying a moment with them. Is that more important or is getting kind of up in my stuff and angry and, you know, but winning and being the one who doesn't have to give to the other person in this lane is that priority. And it's obvious. I mean, I think in that example, we can truly see, you know, yeah, it's way more important to me to be the good mom, to have that conversation with them and to tune out the driving, just back on the brake or press on the brake and back off a little, allow other people to go. I've got nowhere to have to be that time of day. You know, there are times in my life where I'm in a big rush. I'm not in a rush. Go ahead. You go. You know what I mean? And not just allowing it, but then allowing it to not have its, you know, that effect on me. Because initially when I started putting this into effect, 
it was like I was able to do it, but still had that little visceral response. Like initially it was like, okay, I'm going to let you go and have it. But man, my kids were still talking and I was like barely still listening and hearing what they were saying. I was like, I was tuning out my body was tensed. And I was like still reacting. That physiological response was still going down. So until I truly was like able to break, let them go, and then and then really open my mind up to what do I want more in this moment to be right in traffic or to be right as a mom, then I got it, then it clicked. Then I was able to not have tra- that one area of the road become a trigger for me every time. Now, instead, when I see it, I'm like instantaneously already preparing for backing off. You know what I mean? Um, so whether it be some goal you're shooting for, a trip you want to take, a, you know, a business you want to start, or just crazy traffic triggers, <laughs> um, you know, using some of these things might help you. They certainly helped me. I've gotten to a much better place around, you know, one, I'm no longer as offended by other people. You know, when you start not wanting people to be as offended by you, as I said, the only thing you control is your own self. So I have let it go. And, you know, before it was like, oh, well, this person, every time they talk about whatever, I'm going to, you know, just block them or unfriend them or <laughs> whatever. On It's real easy to do that on social media, right? Um, but even now, I just, I prefer to just sit with it and let, I, like, maybe I don't comment or respond or even engage with, like, an emotional emoji or whatever. I just set back and let them be. Sometimes people just need to get stuff off their chest and it's not some big reflection on who they are as a person. They just might have like, they might have gone on some political tirade for the day and it's not like, oh, well, they don't line up with what I believe in politics. I'm just going to block them out so I don't have to see it anymore. I mean, instead, allow them to get that off their chest. It was clearly weighing them down and then that's it. Now, if every time you see this person, they're throwing it in your face and they're talking politics and that was the trigger for you, then yeah, maybe at some point you might have to evaluate it. But I just challenge you to start with the conversation because more often than not, I'll give you the example of this person in the email. We ended up having a beautiful conversation. So I went back and responded like I'm, first off, I was apologizing to them for their experiences because that stinks. Like I hate the fact that they've had such bad experiences within the church and within their religion and like nobody should have to have that. So it just started with a simple sorry. That's terrible. And, you know, and I gave them the crisis numbers that they might need and, you know, and just a, like little conversation. But, you know, it's it would have been easy to just be like, see ya, <laughs> you know, move on to the next. But taking five minutes to acknowledge somebody for where they're at and how much they might be hurting or having a struggle, like it can go a really long way. And it's very easy, especially in social media, to think of people as a number. What's one person when you have thousands in there? But every single person is a life. Every single person could potentially be on their worst day, the worst moment ever. I am constantly treating people right now as though their love of their life just died. Because you never know. On the day that my husband passed, I had to go to the grocery store to get stamps. I want to say it was the same day. If not, it was within the week first time venturing out. Not one person in that grocery store knew my story. I mean, I could have tried with every ounce I had, and I'm not sure if I could have pulled a smile up on my face, but if that had triggered somebody else, you know, like I'm just hoping people will treat each other with kid gloves because you don't know. 
you don't know what information they just received. So yeah, what if their reaction was kind of nasty and triggered you? Or what if they, you know, didn't seem very kind? I still have to work on this. I mean, just recently a friend of mine was talking about somebody and I said, oh, weird. Like my husband, my, um, husband, my son, my oldest son and I had just talked about how um, this family just seemed like the mom and the daughter both didn't seem very kind. I had tried on several occasions with the mom to like spark up a conversation and my son had tried several times with the daughter and both of us kind of received the same cold sort of reaction and yet our best friends were telling us these people are so great and then this is the crazy part they followed up with talking about how the daughter had talked so much about my son and had so many good things to say about him so <laughs> we assumed because our experience with other people and how quiet resonated with us as not friendly um, and the ironic part is here are two quiet individuals who were very impressed with us and our outwardly going personality, <laughs> right? So think about this for a second. This is really wild. So here I, I had made this wrong assumption about somebody and being kind of snobby because they never seemed to be receptive to my chattering away in front of them and my son, you know, same thing. When in all reality, they actually really liked us because of the fact that we were still chattering away with them, whereas some people probably did get real cold and quiet back, you know, reflected back that energy of like thinking they didn't like them or whatever. We just carried on. <laughs> so anyway, my point to this is just that you don't always know. Uh, that was just their personality trait. And they're very friendly, nice people. Little did we know, and thank goodness we had heard that message through a friend, or I probably would have wrote them off as like, I'm just not their cup of tea. They don't really like me that much. <laughs> and um, yeah, in actuality, we had it all kind of wrong. So there was a lesson to be gained there. But certainly, you know, around the trigger thing, I mean, we're easily offended and triggered often by things that, you know, they're connected to hurt within us. So, you know... I'm having to just try to let go of preconceived notions and ideas and stories I've told myself and just, you know, only deal with facts, like real facts. And I thought before, like, well, that is a fact. She's not responding, you know, she's not giving me back a smile when I give her a smile. She's not saying 50 million things every time I'm trying to spark up a conversation. That doesn't, you know, I mean, really dig into what you think is a perceived fact and make sure it's a fact because they could just be on the worst day of their life and you could be their lifeline. So here we go, guys, all around the bend and probably barely even talked about triggers. <laughs> oh boy, I'm so grateful that you guys keep tuning in and I just hope that you have a wonderful weekend on tap and I will see you on the next episode. All right, guys, thanks again.